0: companies spend billions of dollars literally billions of dollars every year running promotion and I understood that from a marketing perspective and I applied that to the hobby and I won a lot (laughs) (laughs) people kept saying to me what's your secret and then I thought I should write a book and that's how contest queen came about to teach people how to win
1: all branding is personal and it's not about who you say you are it's about who you are and how you say it I'm Hirsch Rebman copywriter, comedian, and brand voice expert. I've helped hundreds of companies fine-tune their messaging, and now I'm sitting down with some of the most ambitious and imaginative founders around who share their seven-figure stories and their next-figure goals. Let's hit the Brand Voice runway. Leading us down the brand voice runway today is Carolyn Wilman. Carolyn is at the very least a triple threat, and she is an expert in winning and the desire to win, how to win, winning on every level. One of the things that she does is being known as the contest queen, teaching people how to win sweepstakes. Carolyn Wilman is not someone who sits still very often, but we do have her sitting still. At this moment, not necessarily still, but sitting, sitting at least. And we're going to talk today how to manage multiple brands and what the cost is really and what the next step is at a certain point. So, Carolyn, welcome to Brand Voice Runway.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to be here because it has been a crazy brand journey for me that actually started a long time ago. So I started with Contest Queen and that came about because i was a stay-at-home mom and i my background's marketing business you know graduated with business marketing major and worked in it because that was the hot thing right and became a stay-at-home mom for a little bit and i got to the point where my daughter was at the age do i go back to work what do i do and meanwhile i had started this contest hobby and everyone and I won a lot because I'd taken my marketing background because what is sweepstakes is a marketing tool for companies. Companies spend billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars every year running promotions. And I understood that from a marketing perspective, and I applied that to the hobby, and I won a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: people kept saying to me, what's your secret? And then I thought I should write a book, and that's how Contest Queen came about, to teach people how to win. And then I kept getting asked, companies were asking me to help them with their promotions. And so I thought, well, it's a different, to me, it felt different. So one was teaching and one was marketing. And so I started, cause I had to keep the crown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I started,
0: I started Idea Majesty as a marketing business. Right. But it's funny because the day that I was filling out the forms, you know, to get the actual business license. Because, you know, there's actual paperwork involved when you run businesses.
1: Yeah, of course. You know,
0: accounting, paperwork, bank accounts, that kind of thing. Yeah. While I was filling out the form to make it a legal entity, I had this distinct feeling that there was a third business. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's so much work. And I just stopped it. And then how my new business came about was in two, and this is a long time ago in 2008, when I was just the contest queen, even before I started Idea Majesty, Helene Hansel, actually, I had a podcast before it was cool. And I had her on as a guest. And off air, I asked her if I could come visit her. And she said no. Oh, wow. And she was highly intuitive. And three days later, she phones me back and she said, your spirit guides are so loud. You better come visit. And I That's thought, well, incredible. I'm loud in real life. So of course my guides would be loud. Right. So I went down and visited her. And while I was there, she said, you have to teach my stuff because she called it maneuvers uh, for wishcraft because no one's going to do it. I think by then she was 84 And I think she realized her children and her grandchildren were not going to maintain her legacy. And if she didn't hand the gauntlet off to somebody, it wasn't going to happen. And I said, yes, then my life did this. Mm -hmm. And so I went, we, I got a divorce. We went bankrupt. I nearly lost my business. Like it was
1: all because of Helene.
0: No, just because life. (laughs) Yeah. Timing, bad timing. So I never did anything with her stuff. And meanwhile, I started Idea Majesty and I kept going with all of that.
1: I think a lot of people have heard of Helene Hadzal, the contest, the original kind of contest queen. She won a lot of contests, you know, had figured out how to always win, essentially was the notion, right? And I guess she was, you know, in her mid 80s when she passed. Um, yeah. And so she left behind these, this legacy in these books. So you decided, okay, I'm going to get the, I'm going to talk to the son and get. Yeah.
0: So I talked to Dyke and he had known that I had been there and, and I, maybe Helene said something to him because he had other people asking, but he yeah, sold them sure. to me. Cause I think he knew that this was the path that his mom had wanted. Right. Because I, one, also focused on sweepstakes because n- nobody else does like, like I do. I mean, there's other teachers out there, but it's not quite the same. And I also teach the mindset stuff. Cause I have, I believe you have to think you're a winner before you're a winner. And that's how she thought. Right. Because she used to work with Jose Silva. She was his assistant and our lives parallel a little bit because I've been helping Silva Canada with their workshops and promotions
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so like I've got like this parallel thing going on with Helene and this is actually an important lesson. I want to teach your viewers and listeners. Okay. Every, you know, challenge is actually an opportunity because I got a message from Amazon one day saying that they didn't like how the copyright page was written in her book And if I didn't fix it, they were going to pull her book. Okay. And I'm panicking, but I, you know, I I made the mistake of when I republished the book, I kept the copyright page similar to how she had done it, but she didn't do it properly as it turned out. Yeah. Meanwhile, I started contacting her previous publishers to make sure they didn't hold any copyright. And the second publisher was Tag Powell, who owned Top of the Mountain Publishing. Now, when I had gone to her house to collect the balance of her business materials and some of her library, I found some books by Tag. So I thought, I recognize that name. And I did some searching, and I found like five addresses for him. So I mailed a letter to all of them. Well, one of them found him, and he called me. He's currently 85, mm-hmm. and yeah. he published the second edition of the Name it and Claim It game. And I got talking to him and I sent him all the copies of the books I had redone. And he loved them. Well, he's at the end of his life as he's had a stroke, he has COPD. We don't know how much longer we'll be blessed with him. And I said, well, who's doing your work? And he said, nobody. So I bought the rights to 10 of his books. Right. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, I can't keep putting everything on my marketing site. Yeah, But had Amazon not, you know, kind of made me fix the copyright page to current standards, because I didn't even know it wasn't up to current standards. Because when I published my own books, it was straight up easy. But because hers had been republished by so many different people, there's a way that you have to do that. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah
0: you you learn as you go, right? That's yeah. that's the whole point of life, right? You do something, you go, oh, there's not a way to do it, fix it. Then the next one is fixed because you learn from the last one. Right. But I wouldn't have gotten in touch with Tag had I not had that problem. And I was panicking, but look what a door it opened, like a huge mm-hmm. crazy door. And then, so in March, we drove to Florida and hung out with him for a few days. And he gave me a bunch of his library and signed a bunch of books. And now I'm working on Money and You and Think Wealth. And he actually has a Silva Mind Mastery book because he also knew Jose Silva mm-hmm. and was friends with Helene. So there's a whole tie there. So does
1: this endeavor have a name?
0: Yeah, I called it Words for Winning. I took off the crown. Okay. I tried to come up with something regal, but it wasn't working. But then I wanted it to be book-based, so I went with Words for Winning, and I thought Mm -hmm. that kind of encompassed it, because all of the books that I'm republishing have to do with a positive mindset and, you know, just the magical quality of life, like Helene wrote In Contact with Other Realms and Confessions of an 83-Year-Old Sage which when people hear I wrote, right. rewrote that one. They're like, you're not 83. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not my book.
1: <laughs> so now when you think about these three businesses, Contest Queen, tell me what's going on with that business.
0: So that one, I loved. I really like Contest Queen because let's face it, who doesn't like to win stuff? <laughs> yeah. And I still enter as a hobby, but not as frequently as I would like. The average sweepstaker will spend an hour to two hours a day entering. And a lot of times people do it with a laptop or a tablet, just watching TV. Mm-hmm. It's easy. You're just sitting there. Why not just have your little laptop and sit and enter? But I haven't been doing that because I've been busy.
1: What's the most that someone can win or has won it doing this math, you know, your methods? Well, and- Helene-,
0: Helene won a house. Yeah. At the convention, there are several people that won $100,000. Mm-hmm. A lot of people won like five or ten. And actually, Tom Cavalli, who owns I Win Contest, did a speech where he had just won $10,000. It's a fun hobby. It's a fun <laughs> hobby.
1: It's a, it's fun, a really hobby. fun hobby. It's a really fun hobby. But
0: even things that... Rel-
1: relative to the time that you that you have to spend to enter, right? Yeah, and
0: there's all kinds of things. Like, there was... There's three way things you can win. And this is going back to what companies use as a marketing tool, which is one of the things, I mean, your show, Yes Brand, it, they should always do things that reflect their brand, which makes sense. And you see that in the promotions. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, like, this is how, in, like, incorporated prizes are in my life. Like, I won the Fitbit. Like, right. it's just... You'd right. never know it. It's just there. But the others, a lot of other things I, I pay for most things, sadly. I think
1: it would be interesting to break down these three now in the way that we think how they might fit together and help you help you, as as you had mentioned to me before, create a consistent atmosphere around these businesses so they can grow the way you want to see them. want to see them grow which is also what that brand voice runway thing is it's the your next figure brand voice it's you know where are you where how are you going to break like i call it sometimes plateau fever like sometimes a company does really well but they can't get beyond a certain point they get stuck at a successful level actually but they just want to get to the next level because The vision is for it to be bigger or reach more people. So why don't you share with me for each of these things a little bit about your vision, where you would
0: like to see them go? Well, when I started Queen, I thought she was the mountain, so to speak. And I thought I was going to be this. It was because companies spend billions of dollars running sweepstakes. So I thought there was this huge industry. And it's really, really niche. I could only grow it so much. And there's only so many people that are interested in, you know, sticking to the hobby because it takes time and energy and effort to win. It's, yeah. Uh, yes, you can win. I know people that have won a car on the very first sweepstakes they entered.
1: <laughs> well, tell me this, knowing what you know and having a marketing background to begin with, which is... Already, kind of the spine, almost I think, of your, right. of your businesses. Right is that you know marketing. You're you're a marketer. You understand marketing. You studied it. So, for for companies that do sweepstakes, why is the business? Why do you think it is that the business is so big, and yet the business of winning, teaching people to win, it doesn't match the business of actually running sweepstakes?
0: I think because there's a lot of myths out there. The ones I hear is it's all, it's a scam. And even companies think it's a scam.
1: Right. A lack of trust. Frustrates
0: me to no end because I had a tick. I did this two days ago. TikTok removed one of my videos because I violated community guidelines, sharing things that aren't financially sound. Right, And I was so angry and I appealed it and they said, no, we still deleted the video because you're not following the community guidelines and I could lose my account. And I'm so frustrated because TikTok, when I open my TikTok, I see ads for sweepstakes. So they are taking money from large corporations to run ads about sweepstakes. But me telling people how to find legitimate sweepstakes and avoid scams isn't allowed. And I was Ah. frustrated because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And then a lot of people don't read rules. I get people telling me, this is a scam. I paid $89 to win this thing from, you know, this company. And they took my money and I never got my prize. And I'm like, okay, that's not a real sweepstakes. This is why I try and teach people how to do that. And then they don't read the rules. And somebody said, well, I, I entered the sweepstakes and they my inbox was flooded with spam and, you know, right away. And, and there's a lot of promotions that kind of ride the edge, so to speak. They say right up front, Hey, we're going to sell your data. If you enter, right. We are giving away the prize, but we're also going to sell your stuff. And here's the legal clause that says that right. and they enter it. And then all of a sudden they're flooded with spam. And so they think it's a scam and it's really so- hard to crack through that myth that, nobody gets anything for free. And then I'm at the sweepstakes convention and there's one of the sweepers giving a talk on how he rode a private jet with Usher and was a VIP at Usher's concert. When is that going to happen?
1: He won. Is that what, tell me about the the term sweepers. Sweepers refers- Sweepers refers to, no, go ahead. Oh yeah, there's
0: lingo. Sorry, I forgot there's lingo.
1: Let's tell me some lingo. So sweepers refers to. Sweepers
0: are people that like to enter sweepstakes, but that's an American term. In Canada, they call them contesters because we enter contests. And in the UK and Australia, it's compers because they enter competitions, but it's all the same thing. Got it. I say like Shakespeare, a rose by any other name smells as sweet. Just call me a winner. (laughs) But he won, he won an MGM Grand Rewards sweepstakes that was to, you were to be a VIP. Right. And what better than to be picked up in your hometown by a private jet and whisked off to, I can't remember the city. They had to change the city because there was some conflict in schedule. Anyway, it didn't matter. They didn't care. They got whisked off to some city and they had a special, like, pretty much on stage Section, they sat there, they were all dressed up, they're given champagne, they're fed. Like, I'm like, and the hotel is like the, you know, the presidential suite kind of thing. Like, when are you ever going to live that in your everyday life?
1: Right. And so that's, that's our surprises
0: like that. Yeah. And that's then our, also, sorry,
1: <laughs> we're just I both get so excited. excited. <laughs> we are, we're both excited. And it's funny, but it, but I told, but I, you know, I, I totally get it people, that's our vision, our old timey kind of vision of contests is that I remember like watching the Partridge family or who knows what. And it was that thing, you know, somebody's going to the limo's going to roll up to your door. It's going to be Mick Jagger in the limo. They're going to pick you up. You're going to go right, have dinner with this, with the Rolling Stones, and then you're going to go see them in concert. It's like, You know, that that was our dream contest. And now sweepstakes could be like if you think of the movie Punch Drunk Love, where Adam Sandler's character figures out a way to win, you know, thousands of win a trip. Something it's a trip to Hawaii and it has something to do with. Oh, if you can if you collect enough pudding, if you buy enough pudding, chocolate pudding, you'll win a trip to Hawaii and he does it. He games well, there's, it.
0: there's different things. There's always also has to be a no purchase entry. Right. And there's always product involved. Like on my desk, I have a bottle because it has a QR code that I scan every day to enter. Okay. <laughs> so that's, and then this jar is now empty because I collected all the monster tabs. And, so how um, many
1: things are you do- you said you don't do it that much anymore. I'm not
0: right at this second because my goal for the end of the year is to have published five books, three audible and two print. So I I'm okay. a little bit busy, but I can't help it. I do enter you know a little bit every day because it's just a bit of an addiction.
1: Okay. This yeah, is, a bit.
0: Uh, I like archetypes and I swear I have the gambler archetype. Right. But it's thankfully Partnered with the Miser, so I don't like to spend money at the casino. Uh, I prefer to receive steaks because they're free, and I get the same rush when I win.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
0: But uh, you can, the great thing about the hobby is you can win things that help with your everyday budget. So you'll win, you know, gift cards for grocery shopping. So now that money, you can save it, put it towards a vacation, pay off your debt, whatever. You can win things that are a little bit out of your budget, like a brand new fridge or a car or trips. And then there's the dream prizes, like what I just described, like that is never going to happen in your everyday life. Like I have one of my favorite pictures is me and Sting. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen every day. Right. (laughs) Me and Michael Buble. That's not happening every day. Right.
1: Right. Right? And those were contests. Those were were things that you won. Okay. So. So the so the contest Queen, the tenets of the business part of that yeah. are what? Like where is the where is the revenue? Yeah.
0: Queen is I sell books and I host books workshops. that you've written. Yeah, books, so I've written right, actually books. on either side. You can't win if oh, you can't win if you don't enter and cash card. how to win cash cards trips and more.
1: Uh-huh, and I'm working
0: okay. on my. Last sweepstakes book because I don't see myself writing more okay. in this genre because I have other things. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. I'm currently working on prizes, prizes everywhere.
1: Okay, that's the third one. That'll that's be the, the third, third one. So, the third book I keep of changing the trilogy. The name
0: as I come out with an edition, right, because it makes it more clear. But it keeps changing because the hobby keeps changing. Like when I wrote the first one, there was still a lot of mail in, and I haven't seen mail in in years. There's still some things, but now I'm adding a whole section on TikTok giveaways. Like right. those have really started to be up and coming. It's all new ways to win. Okay. Uh, it's it's so fun. Okay. And then but, yeah, so, so that's where I make go. money there. And then with Idea Majesty, I work with brands on well, wait, promoting cheaps.
1: Excuse me. So 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 the so the the books are one revenue. Stream. Right. What what else is a revenue stream related to Contest Queen?
0: Well, workshops. I teach workshops. online workshops right. because, sorry, I thought I had said that. I apologize. You might
1: have, but, but okay.
0: I got too excited. Yeah. I host workshops. So for example, I teach one, my number one sweepstakes tool I use is RoboForm. Because not only does it autofill and save passwords, which I have hundreds of passwords for my work. I use it to actually save and organize my sweepstakes so I have a system that I teach people so they can enter faster, right? You want to be organized. That's actually one of the keys to winning is to be organized. Because if yep. you only have one hour, if you can one and a half times or double what you're entering that hour, your odds of winning are going to go up because you're entering more. Right. So that's one of the things I teach people, for example. And then, so I have workshops. And then, of course, I have the social media revenue streams, like, for example, YouTube. Once in a while, I make a little bit. (laughs) I'm working on it. It's getting there.
1: But that's the thing to, to think about is, and what we talk about on this show, when we say next figure, is sometimes we're, there's money trickling in, but it's not the money that it could be if we were more organized about our business model, you know, because we do like, as we talk, as we keep talking about being excited, because we're so passionate about something and we enjoy it so much that we don't really, you know, it's like, okay, it's better to love what you do than to, you know, be in a job or a business that you don't like and make even more money or say, well, you know, you should do this because the money's really here. I'm really sorry to interrupt this brilliant podcast episode, but this is not Steve D. Sims, and this is not an actual endorsement of Brand Voice Runway. This is Hirsch, and we shouldn't really be surprised because we know he's a Brand Voice expert, and so why shouldn't he be able to impersonate the man Forbes magazine hails as the real-life Wizard of Oz? Now, if it were Steve Sims, I'm sure he would give a sterling, wholehearted endorsement of Hirsch and Brand Voice Runway, and he would encourage you to go to get. MessageTherapy.com to see if Hirsch can help you with your message. And while you're at it, why don't you check out Steve's podcast, uh, the art of making things happen and go to stevedsims.com and see what Steve can make happen for you. We now return you to our regularly scheduled program. No. Is that right? No. But is there a, you know, a way to accelerate let's call it to just accelerate the growth of contest queen as a business you know what are some tools that maybe we you're know, you're not using that could just accelerate it that's all it doesn't that, ha-
0: that's why i'm going in the direction i am yeah because nobody wants to work it right. takes, it's very interesting. So I work a lot with a gentleman called Robert Ohado and he wrote a book called transforming fate into destiny. And he says, the bypass books will forever outsell the books mm. that require work. Right. That's why back in like 2008, the secret took off. And he said, so where were all the manifestors when everything crashed? And what's very fascinating to me is Helene's book the name it and claim it game far outsells any of my sweepstakes books because people just want to learn how to kind of make the stuff they want magically appear in their life. They don't want to, they don't want to do the work. Right. And it's kind of like, I always say like when I, publish one of these books and there would be an influx of people entering sweepstakes and people would be so mad at me, the sweepstakes community. It's harder to win. Stop publishing. Stop telling everybody about our secret hobby. And I'm like, no, it's not a secret hobby, first of all. But I call it January at the gym because people will be like, yeah, I'm going to enter sweepstakes. And then they start to realize it takes time and they have to get organized and they have to sit and look at all the sweepstakes and enter the forms and save it. And you know, there's a whole thing to it. And they're like, Oh, this is too hard. I don't I'm not gonna do that.
1: Well, they and do that they with stop. podcasting too. People start to podcast, you know, there's a million podcasts, but there aren't there aren't so many that sustain themselves, that publish consistently, that want to keep doing it, you know, finding the guest, interviewing the guests, you know, editing the yeah. Anything that we but I but I love what you said which is that people don't want to work and they don't even want to actually learn the steps to not having to work. They just, you know, what Robert said makes total sense, you know? And so that's Um, why I'm
0: switching because all my, so for a while, Contest Queen, because Helene's book is very sweepstakes related. She she was way ahead of her time. She knew, because you got to remember, she wrote this book in the 60s and it was published in 1971. That was 50 years ago. People did not talk about things the way we talk about them now, and they didn't have access to the kind of information that they have access to now. And so she knew that telling people to have basically a winning mindset wasn't gonna fly then. Mm -hmm. So she wrapped it, it's kind of like a spoonful of sugar, makes the medicine go down. She wrapped it in sweepstakes. So she's teaching you about how to have to win sweepstakes. But if you really read what she writes, she teaches you how to think positively, to visualize where you want to go, to take inspired action, to do all these things that all these, you know, manifestation and subconscious thought teachers are teaching now. But she hid it in the message of sweepstakes. Then her next book was like way out in left field. It was called In Contact with Other Realms and then right. she talked about how she could see you know spirit guides and yeah all the woo woo stuff which is fun
1: but let me go back to what you just said which is that she wove you know winning into sweepstakes into the sweepstakes idea and in a way if you want to teach a winning mindset you just you're going to anyway use the sweepstakes you know, experience the sweepstakes phenomenon. And so I think that while the third business undertaking also has to do with republishing her books and tags books and all this, all that other, that's all perfectly sound in in and of itself. The republishing, I think is its own business aside from teaching a winning, a winning mindset. I think teaching a winning mindset and Contest Queen really go together. So that yeah. Contest Queen is about teaching a winning mindset, not just teaching people how to win sweepstakes because if they want to it's it's almost like like you said, you know, there's a limit to how much money that can make anyway and it's you know, and how much people are willing to do it you know the fact is that they everybody would love to win a sweepstakes not everybody wants to bother figuring out how but but <laughs> the books on that that you've done and the third book you know which i do like prizes prizes everywhere i i like that a lot that's very <laughs> catchy as a title it's just good you know those three books on sweepstakes totally have their place but i think they're under the umbrella of Teaching a winning mindset. I can teach a winning mindset. I can teach you how to how to how to change your attitude in ways that's going to make you more successful in life and in business. But if you're interested in the in the the sweepstakes and winning, how to win sweepstakes, there's also the Contest Queen series of books, right? You know? And that's great. But I think that the Sweepstakes stuff should just be woven into could either be a hook for the mindset, you know, teaching or a foundation for it. But really, more people will will probably come to you for mindset coaching. Yeah, because then they will for sweepstakes coaching.
0: That's what right? I'm finding. That's why yeah. I started Words for Winning. And I'm slowly right. moving like all of Helene Hadsall's stuff over while I'm working on tag stuff and I'm doing the audible books and I'm looking to get them translated and things like that because people really want to know more about her and him and how they were so successful in their lives and how people can replicate it. So that's why I see words for winning eventually eclipsing contest queen But again, I just started it this year because I knew and I and I kind of got pushed into it because I went and bought all of Tag's things and I thought, okay, I can't leave them on the marketing. So then because I was still focused on Contest Queen and it started and it was coincidentally at the exact same time I started republishing Helene's books, I just didn't I just put let poor Idea Majesty sit dormant while I worked on all these books and things that were I was able to do during the pandemic because it's easy to sit at home. It was perfect for me to sit at home and rewrite and edit books because I wasn't doing anything else. The contest had disappeared and the marketing business had disappeared. And well, now,
1: interestingly, though, the idea majesty company could be now that we've are kind of thankfully out of the, pandemic yeah. it could be the the most profitable piece in the short term like in the it, as a consulting business right if the sweepstakes business is still healthy if, yeah it's
0: starting to come back i don't right. think it's 100 percent where it is but i'm focusing on getting all these books out right now so i've decided that what i'm doing is 2023 is words for winning Right, and then once I get a few projects under my belt, then twenty twenty four, I'm going to start to revive the poor girl that has gone to sleep, <laughs> and start to bring her back. Right, and revive that. You know, like I am a one woman show at the moment, and I can't. I have people helping me, but nobody yeah. full time. And hopefully, then by then, I'll have some funds, and I can.
1: Well, that's, that's part the of the other it.
0: thing. You know, it it. Yeah. It fluctuates, right? That's the one thing about being self-employed. One month's really good and another month might be a little lower and
1: <laughs> well, there's the part of what you may want to look at is that you the the less integral you are to the nuts and bolts of the day-to-day, the better uh set up you are for growth because right. scaling a, yeah. a business Relies on, like, I faced that as a copywriter. As a copywriter, you know, I, the projects are only going to be so big. Like, it isn't the size of my projects that needs to change. It was the scalability in the sense that I, if I were going to write every word of everything that I do, there's only so much I can, I can do. Right. Whereas, you know, for me, it was about creating a business that would, that would involve placing other writers, you know, finding A-list writers for my clients turned out to be a, a real lifesaver because I realized, well, I'm I'm as a consultant, as a creative consultant, let's say, or as a strategist, I'm able to talk to a lot of different clients a lot. But as a writer, I need to find other writers who can take the direction, the creative direction that I provide and be assigned to take on those, my clients as clients. In other words, they yeah. can have my client as a client. I'm not, I'm not in the business of creating a writer factory, but I know a lot of writers <laughs> and I know writers that are very, very good at what they do. And they are in this day and age, especially with AI and all that other stuff, are looking for that marriage. Right. So in a way, I'm kind of a matchmaker, kind of a matchmaker, which serves me because then I don't have to write every single campaign. I write the first campaign that I do for a client because I think that helps set the tone, capture Ah, their voice, you know, and this is all pretty unusual. Like we're similar in that we're atypical. We're not the typical kind of entrepreneur or business owner, but we need to scale. And I think that that's something you're going to probably want to look at is, you know, how do you scale all of this so that every piece of it is scalable so that you're not, you're, it's not about, like you told me when we were having some technical difficulties, you're like, oh, it's okay. I can, I can, I can wait 10 minutes for you to go, to, to, to go take care of this because I have a hundred things to do at any given moment anyway. And it's like that is probably something that you know that you're managing too you know well i'm you- working
0: on automation this year too like right. that's the other thing that i've been working on getting back to because that yeah. way things that are then things are just happening while i'm doing other things and right. so part of the you know growth for me is to also automate things so I installed Calendly, for example. I'm like, why hadn't I installed this before?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did that stuff by the apps and the automations and things I got into maybe a year ago. And now I'm in that second phase of scaling where, you know, and I I think that this is, important for a lot of, we're all, we're creative people, business owners, entrepreneurs are creative people by nature. Doesn't, there's a difference between being creative and being an artist, which it took me a while right. to, to understand, you know, an artist is typically someone who creates, you know, for the purposes of expressing themselves through a medium like the written word or the visual storytelling. But creativity is about, you know, where the ingenuity part comes in. We're, we're kind of ingenious when it comes to, like in your case, contest queen. And I love how you refer to your businesses as in the, in the feminine article. You say, oh, no. she... Poor contest queen. She's struggling with this. Oh my God, I'm leaving li- a little idea of majesty. She's just sitting dormant. She's lying dormant. And it's charming. That's also interesting. Do you know how that came about?
0: Well, I do that because one of the things that I learned as a business owner is y- you are not your business. Yeah. Because if you want to eventually scale up and have like, I don't know, 10 employees and something happens to you, that business can still go without you. So it's an, it's a separate entity. And so I think of them as, of course, being a woman, I think of my, and with the name contest queen, that's feminine. Yes. I've been told I have the queen archetype and that it wasn't an accident. I named my first business contest queen. So I thought, of course, I'm just going to own the crown.
1: (laughs) <laughs> wow. So you have your queen, queen miserly gambler.
0: Yeah, uh, I like it's kind
1: of your design. As well, a how, being.
0: how I got into all that kind of stuff and why it's not a surprise I ended up starting Words for Winning is when I was 18, my dad handed me a book and I wish I could remember which one. It was one of those motivational, inspirational yeah, mindset kind of books. And he said, if I can teach you at 18 what I learned at 36, you'll be way ahead. And so I've been reading those types of books as long as I can remember. And I loved that kind of stuff, you know, everything from, you know, Wayne Dyer to Dr. Joseph Murphy. So it wasn't unheard of that I, any, and anybody in the sweepstakes community had heard of Helene Hatzel because the woman won a fully furnished home. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the Holy grail of all sweepstakes prizes. I mean, A car, yes, but a fully furnished home. Wow, that's like yeah, that's like next level. And it's funny because I looked up the house at that time, it was fifty thousand dollars in 1965. And Uh and I had somebody say to me, How do I know this is true? Well, when I picked up her business paperwork and I got it all home and I started going through it page by page, I found the title transfer from the Formica Corporation who had sponsored the sweepstakes to her and her husband. Yeah. And I think the transfer, they have to put a price on it for legality, you know, whatever. So it was a dollar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They paid a dollar for the house because I think, I don't know what the laws were, but I think they had to put an amount. They couldn't just say zero. Right. So they put a dollar. <laughs>
1: but the value, but the market value was 50. Oh, the
0: market value. The I time. mean, it was fully furnished. And then I found a magazine that she had from the corporation to show how modern the house was at the time.
1: Right. <laughs> like, well, what? I remember when you talk about housing, you know, prices, I know that my parents bought their first house Maybe it wasn't even the first house in Miami beach. Maybe it was, we, we moved down the block when I was two years old. So I was born in 1966. So yeah. I believe that the house that they bought in 68 was $37,000 or something like that. Or maybe Dang, the you a car for that. <laughs> maybe the, may, does that sound right? Or would yeah, it be? Yeah, cause my, yeah.
0: my parents bought a house I think in 69 for like
1: 25. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And yeah, it sounds about right. And but I it's into and I think it depends on the market though, because I looked up the house and what it would be now. And it's only 10 times that. But right. also what's interesting is if you read her books, she talked about the house and it was built way out in the boonies. It was the third house in the development. There was nobody around for miles. It was across from a university that was like, there's nobody around them. Yeah. And when I was there, I wanted to go see the house. I wish I'd knocked on the door. I should have. But anyway, (laughs) I might one day just go down again and (laughs) knock on the door. I was thinking of mailing them a letter. I don't know who these people are, but it is in the middle of everything now. Like the cities have grown so much that there's. No distinction between Dallas and Fort Worth anymore. It's all one big conglomerate, yeah <laughs> and that house is in the middle of everything, which is kind of interesting but yeah, and but that house in another market would be maybe even more, yeah, like I know where I live that house would be a double or triple that even,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, the you know, the house in Miami Beach would be, they sold it a long time ago, but it would have been now well over a million dollars. Oh, I was
0: going to say millions.
1: You know, yeah, so probably, pro- yeah, probably more. That's kind of beside the point. I often, you know, on Yes Brand, I have the guests give pieces of advice. In the case of Brand Voice Runway, I think what we're going to do is ha- ask the guest to, kind of make a resolution? You know, it's not New Year's, but every day is a new day. What would be a resolution that you want to make? And of course, you're. we talked a lot about legality. You're not legally bound to stick to your resolution, but saying it on a show does kind of make it a little more real. What would be a brand resolution that you? Well, like actually, to
0: make? well, I already made it and that was I'm going to finish these five projects before December 31st, especially prizes, prizes everywhere, because I actually started that book before the pandemic. Yeah. And then when the pandemic hit, we, we, I live in an area that had some of the longest lockdowns and I sat at home just eating and writing. It wasn't good. <laughs> and that yeah. book just kind of fell by the wayside because there weren't sweepstakes out there. I was miserable and it sat. And I thought, that's it. This must be. Be finished, and so that's why I've got three audible books and two print books to get out okay. before the end of the year. But I'm also using a little bit of help. Like I've got a friend that's helping me digitize books, so that then I'm just going in and editing, and saving me a lot of time on on that part. Because I only have print copies. That's one of the reasons that they're out of print is there's nothing available yeah. <laughs> anymore. And then we're doing Audible, which is really exciting.
1: That's great. Well, we'll see. Well, that's, and that's definitely where your, where your head and heart are at this moment is in the words for winning, um, you know, and seeing that through. And And then you do have a plan or a timeline. uh, i um, am idea majesty
0: yeah next next 2024 when i pass these five projects right and i words for winning is kind of got that it's like juggling right i'm gonna have that ball in the air and then the one that fell on the ground i'm gonna be able to pick her back up and start (laughs) juggling her too
1: If you've enjoyed this episode of Brand Voice Runway, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast. The positive reinforcement keeps us going. Who am I kidding? Founders like us keep going regardless. Thanks so much for listening and make tomorrow greater than today.